let's give this a shot. On the God is Just Like Jesus book, you can email me at Chris at God is Just Like Jesus for a copy. This one's amazing, so stick with me. <clears throat> uh, and it's Jesus' last night before he dies. So he's spending this evening with his followers, his disciples, and he's got a lot to say to them, but a lot to do as well. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you, for I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So that's Luke twenty-two seventeen through 20, right? Bump down just a couple verses to 24 through 32. Guess what happens? <laughs> A dispute also rose among them as to which of them was to be considered the greatest. Oh my gosh. Jesus said to them, The kings of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those who exercise authority over them call themselves benefactors. But you are not to be like that. Instead, the greatest among you should be like the youngest, and the one who rules like the one who serves. For who is greater, the one who's at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one who's at the table? but I am among you as one who serves. You are those who have stood by me in my trials, and I confer on you a kingdom just as my father conferred one on me, so that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Okay, we know that. Now let's add a third passage in, John 13, 4 through 5, and then also 12 through 14. So he, Jesus, got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. Okay, there's a lot in there. In a moment, hit pause, and I want you to just talk about the sacrament that Jesus gives in the first paragraph, and then secondly, what starts happening with the disciples in the second paragraph, okay? Hit pause, journal about that, or talk in your little small group, and just dial in the context, and then come back. Okay, um, it's the last night. My gosh, there's so much going on. Jesus knows he's going to go to the cross. Um, he's going to take on the sins of the world onto his body and be punished for them so that in perfect justice he can say, I was punished for, for your sins. I took the bullet for you. I can forgive you. It's, it's completely done. He knows that's coming down. The disciples don't fully understand that. So he gives them the, the sacrament of communion, right? The, the eating of the bread, the drinking of the wine symbolizes his body and blood, but it also kind of connects um, Jesus with us, with him, as, uh, as people do that. So he gives communion. Well, right after that, boom, the argument comes out once again. Who's the greatest? And they start arguing about who's the greatest. And you just want to say, oh my gosh, not again. Really, we've been through this time and time again. Are we going to do this again on the last night, right before he dies? And it's pretty intense. <clears throat> so take a moment, 
I want you to hit pause again. And, and, and I also want to comment, you know, it's the repetitive sins that can really wear you down in yourself, right? Sometimes our self-criticism, which is sin, we can really just like, oh my gosh, I've done it again. Or when somebody else sins in repetitive ways, those are the things we really get angry with. And especially when we're under a lot of stress or a deadline at work or the finances aren't going well or the relationship's rocky and then somebody does something, that's when we really got get hot over somebody else's repetitive sin, right? So hit pause for a moment and talk about what's Jesus's response in the middle paragraph and also the last one and then come back. What's amazing is that even after he's confronted this at least two other times, and you know there's a lot more that weren't recorded in Scripture, they are bragging and competing about who's the greatest. Again, Paul in in Philippians from day, was it day two, says, hey, consider others better than yourself. You know, avoid selfish ambition. And they're competing and really fighting about You know, he says he's going to give us a kingdom and thrones and I'm going to be on the front throne and you're not. And and there's there's real uh, arguments about that. And um, in the book, I produce a uh, a pretend argument about what they could have been saying. Well, that has happened time and time again. You consider the stresses Jesus is under and going to be under going to the cross. And we know from reading about the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus is overwhelmed with the fact that he's going to permit himself to be captured by the Romans, tortured, and then, and it's just not the physical torture, he's going to bear the sins of the human race in his soul. And God's going to punish him instead of people as the, as the just way to punish sin, but set people free. So there's really an analogy like Jesus stepped in front of us and took the bullet that was meant for us because we did the crime and yet he dies and we get to live. Uh, it's just a, a great way to think about it. But <clears throat> his response, considering all of that stress, it's the last night he wants to be with them. They're arguing again about who's the greatest. And you'd think finally, like the, me, if it was me, I would just finally come unglued and have a meltdown. Like, I can't believe you're doing this. You know, yet again, like, haven't I addressed this issue? And you can just, I mean, if you really get into it, you could feel... Uh, how you might uh, vent on them in an unclean way in terms of unclean anger. And Jesus, once again, he is as steady as a rock. I mean, he is the strength of the man Jesus. Incredible, as he's relying on the Holy Spirit, um, is epic. And he dials right into the argument once again and gives them that patient instruction, that teaching again with challenge. Um, It's not like he doesn't challenge that. And he keeps highlighting, hey, the Gentiles want to lord it over, you know, other people, their authority. And of course, we know this is true. Anybody that's been in business, we know the competition about who wants to be the greatest and get the most recognition and have the bigger salary and bigger bigger title, right? Anybody that's been in a C-level executive meeting knows the competition of the executives. You know, and some are better and worse than others, but we all have lots of stories of this kind of thing. This is just human nature. You think about politics, you think about Hollywood and the competition and the, um, the ruthless maneuvering to be the greatest. 
And then you also think about the sports industries, right? Or, um, or even the military, some of the armed services. It's human nature. So Jesus, once again, interacts with them. He doesn't have meltdown. He doesn't accuse them. He doesn't shame them. He doesn't reject them, even though it's a repetitive sin, even though it's the night before he's going to die. He stays calm with them, continues to teach them, continues to challenge them, and, um, and it's epic, right? Because that's the best way they can learn. And again, he doesn't push them away for this continual failure. He keeps drawing them close to grow them up. Well, this passage in John 13, we're actually familiar with, right? He starts washing their feet. Have you ever seen that in context to their argument, who's the greatest? Just hit the pause button for a second and think, have you ever seen that? Like he takes his clothes off, he takes their dirty feet and think they're walking through these these roads in the Middle East. I mean, dry, cracked feet, dogs defecating on the road here and there and other animals. And he's cleaning the dirt and muck off their dirty feet. And it's real. And, um, and he does that in response to that argument. So hit pause for a moment. Just, just think about that. Have you ever seen it in response to the argument? Okay, hopefully you just digest that so your, yourself a little bit. I, I always thought those were disconnected events because I read John 13 as, oh yeah, he's doing this thing. He's Wow. But when I read Luke 22 and I thought, no, that his, his, he is using himself as the ultimate example right in the middle of the, this sin, this intense sin about this competition about who's the greatest. And he gets down and he cleans their feet and serves them as a intense, incredibly powerful statement about what Christian leaders and pastors are supposed to be, right? Sometimes, you know, we get a little confused about that in the Western church. We think the pastor is called to be the CEO of the church and do all these administrative functions. And, uh, and, there, and, and Jesus, he has something radically different in mind, right? It's not being the big boss and calling all the shots and, and, and being the CEO. Being the pastor and the leader Jesus called to has to do with people who really want to be great and do that by really caring and serving about other people. And it's not just preaching, preaching messages from on high, but actually interacting with people. So... This is, uh, this is pretty amazing. You think Jesus, he's human and God. And you just think about his human side. He's 100% human, 100% God. On his human side, however we talk about that, that, this might have been rugged. It's his last night. He might have felt struggle, a sense of defeat or something like, oh my gosh, I'm about to turn the church over to these guys. And they're still embroiled in division. Let's call it what it is. Church split, division, sin. And I got to hand the church over to them, although he's really handing it to the Holy Spirit, but they're going to run with the church. That could have been an intense moment. Jesus had to trust the Father and the Holy Spirit with, uh, with all of that. So he responds to their argument, patient instruction and challenge, and his just living example, his, the raw example. And let's be clear. Humility is just a part of Jesus and, and and it's not something that like he put on for a moment so he could teach us some lessons. 
humility is is central to Jesus's character. He's not somehow raised from the dead. Oh, I'm done with that humility thing and put it off. He is forever humble. And we need to connect with that. It's not just an act. It's who he is. All right. So our uh, foundation verse is John 1.18, which says, No one has ever seen God but the one and only Son who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father has made him known, right? No one's ever seen God except the Son, and the Son has made him known. So once again, if you've seen Jesus, you've seen the Father. So hit pause for a moment. What in this passage do you see in Jesus that reveals God? All right, and come back. Okay, so once again, right, if they explode in this anger of sin, again, church division, arguing about who's the greatest, and Jesus doesn't have a meltdown, doesn't accuse them, doesn't shame them or reject them, that means God's not doing those things. If Jesus bears with them and in and, and calm teaching and in challenge and in possibly correction without rejection, you know, builds them up to be more and draws them close. That means that's what God's doing, right? In the middle of their sin and ours. And when you know that, and that's your image of God, then you can actually nourish yourself on him and grow past your failings and your sins rather than being devoured by them. But you got to know who he is, right? So if you've seen Jesus, you've seen the Father. Now here's the scandalous thing, and it's the glory of God. But some people can be uncomfortable with it. If Jesus is getting down there, washing their feet, and, and serving at that level, that means the Father is serving us at that level. And it, it kind of undoes you. It kind of makes you uncomfortable. It's like, Lord, I, you don't know what I've done. You don't know where I've been. You don't know the things I've said or thought. And you're forgiving me. You're washing me. You're washing my sins away. You care about me in that way. It's like, Lord, I feel so naked. And yet you're, you're washing the dirt from my soul, not just my, my feet. And if you've seen Jesus, you've seen the Father. That's exactly who God is. But the only person in all of human history is Jesus Christ, who's revealed the Father in 100% perfection. And it's epic. All right, last thing, worship without music. There is so much opportunity to take these passages and say, Lord, you know, you've taught me so many things, and yet I descend into sin. And sometimes it's a repetitive sin that I do over and over, and I'm trying to break out of it. But when I realize that you don't shame me, you don't reject me, and you actually draw me close, you keep instructing me so that I know you're committed to me even more than I'm committed to you, I can nourish myself on who you are and overcome that thing. Oh, I love that. It's so good. And if you can also take the passage and, um, and say, I love the fact that you are so humble. You wash their feet and you, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, you wash my feet. That's who you are. I love that about you, God. I need you more than I want to admit. And you're that good and you're that kind to me. Help me. And I just love that you're humble uh, like that instead of a tyrant, a world leader. You know, you think about the world leaders all over the countries of the world. And God's not arrogant, demanding, and lording his greatness over us like that. He serves us with it and cares for us. 
and his passion for us is well greater than anything we understand and he just wants us to respond to him all right